Well, again, again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here today. And um, I also just want to acknowledge that, you know, sometimes Mother's Day can be uh, mixed emotions for some people. So I want to acknowledge those emotions today. And as Mark's already said, this is the first Mother's Day that um, both he and I don't have our mothers. So it's a bit different, but um, happy Mother's Day in heaven to our mothers. <laughs> so... Um, also, I just want to thank a few people first before we start. And thank you, Izzy, for those kind words and the lovely gift, uh, everyone who's organised that. That's very kind. Um, and also, I want to thank um, Izzy, the creative team, just for, you know, doing all this setup and outside. Just looks amazing. And Lynn and her team just set up that photo booth. Like, isn't that just splendiferous? <laughs> and uh, her brief was sparkly, so, you know... There you go, sparkly. You've got to have some sparkles on Mother's Day. So I think she just did a wonderful t t um, job. So thank you so much for everyone who's helped put together today. And um, afterwards, we've got a little gift for you. And Belle's helped organise that. So thanks, Belle. So today, I just want to welcome you to my lounge. Um, I just want it to be a relaxed day like you're sitting with me and we're just going to have a chat today. So um, I've invited someone to join me today, and spoiler alert, Izzy, thanks. Um, <laughs> um, so we're just going to have a coffee and a chat today, and I would love you to join me. So today I thought, because it was Mother's Day, it'd be good to hear a mother's story. So um, I just heard lots of switches going off then, so everyone's thinking, well, because I'm not a mother, it's not going to be relevant to me. But I really believe that it will be because the things that we share today, the principles that we share today can apply to anyone's life. So I would encourage you, don't switch off if you're not a mum, but to stay engaged and alert and, um, yeah, just receive what God has for you today. So that's my little motherly advice. <laughs> um, so to me, testimonies are a very powerful thing because when you hear someone else's story, it really encourages you in your faith and it gives you hope. I know, I know that happens when I hear a story, someone's testimony, because you think, wow, their situation was even worse than mine or it's like mine or, you know, you may be finding yourself in a difficult circumstances at the moment and you hear that how God has helped someone else or turned someone else's situation around and it just, just causes faith and hope to rise up in my heart because I think, wow, if he's done it for them, he can do it for me. So I think it's so powerful to hear someone's story. So that's why today I wanted to um, have someone just come and share their story today. So today I want to invite Sharon into my lounge room. So let's welcome Sharon. And if you notice, our outfits are matching, but it wasn't even planned. So, you know, that's pretty good. All the ladies will appreciate that. Um, so do you need to get closer so you can drink your drink? <laughs> so um, Sharon, we've known each other for over 20 years now. Yeah. And we've been through the good, bad and the ugly together, haven't we? <laughs> I can remember a few times in my office upstairs and had a few <laughs> ugly moments, but it's been good. But, um, you know, a lot of you would know Sharon and she's just got so many wonderful qualities about her, too many to list here, but I just see her as a real woman of God, and I've seen you grown over the years and strengthen over the years in, 
in your um, relationship with God and you, you've become a real pillar in this church and in this family. And um, so, you know, she just loves the Word of God. She loves prayer. And in the last few months, I've had the opportunity. We've got a prayer pod happening on Wednesday nights here. And if you want to learn how to pray and be a prayer warrior, come along because Sharon is an amazing prayer warrior. And um, it's probably sprung maybe from this conversation we're going to have today, <laughs> more than likely. So, um, <clears throat> so today she's just going to share a story of um, a season in her motherhood. So I just want to welcome you and I'm looking forward to hearing your story today. So, you know, I don't know about you, but one of the most rewarding things for me is being a mother. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it can also be one of the things that can be challenging as well and cause a lot of anxiety in our hearts over our children because whether they're young or old, we still carry them in our hearts. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat today. But um, so, to look at Sharon, to look at your family from the outside, it would seem like you've got the perfect family, as we all look at other people, don't we? And we go, they're perfect or whatever, but it's not true. But anyway, I, I think Sharon's is, but not mine. But anyway, so, but Sharon, you went through a season a while back where it was very challenging for you as a mother and as your family. So, yeah. we you want to share the, briefly about that? So, I mean, my testimony is most probably nothing short of God's amazing grace. And I I most probably want to start and say that it is God's grace. um, Because every time I think and look back, I know that he's led me and guided me. But um, but it's definitely um, all honour to him of what he's done and what he's done. Um, So, during the teenage uh, slash young adult years of my children... Um, we just watched them go through the journey of faith. And um, for me, it got really difficult, um, especially when it wasn't going the way that I expected it to go. Um, I knew that all of my children had to have their own revelation of faith and they had to come to that. Um, So Isabel and Josh, they seemed to find that um, faith... (laughs) I'm going to stop there. I just want my family here. I just so. want to thank Sharon Coleman's family today for <laughs> allowing us to talk about them. I know. Maybe yeah. you can get some tips from Travis <laughs> and Chloe. They've had it for their life, so that's it. I thought we've got to be real, and and um, so Isabel and Josh. It was actually they settled it in their hearts reasonably quickly, and um, however, for Nathan and Sam, it um, <laughs> took a lot longer. <laughs> And and I know that Nathan shared it at youth, and so that's why. And I have the permission to be able to share this and to talk about it as well. So please um, note that. Um, please, no judging um, over <laughs> us. No judgment um, here. Straight out there, because um, what God's done has just been amazing, and that's the only reason why I'm up here yeah. getting to share it all. Um, so for them, it took over four years. So I'm going to share from my perspective as a mum. Um, and there were so many unexpected turns. Uh, they wanted the freedom to be able to discover um, life for themselves and their faith for themselves. And as a mother, for me, it was unbearable at times. Um, there was strong opposition and um, I didn't know what the outcomes were going to be. And um, my relationship with them 
was very strained and we felt pulled apart. I felt pulled apart. Um, the grief that I felt was really real. And um, so there was alcohol, there was drugs, there was bad choice of friends. Um, and these things were just taking their affection away from anything that they might have had that was even um, a slight closeness to God. Mm. Um, for me, uh, yeah, it just seemed as though there was nothing existing there with God. And I know that we've talked and that God has been doing, was doing a work. Mm. Um, but I found also for myself as a mum, my faith was being challenged and it was being shaken as well. Mm. Um, so the one thing uh, that I did know, though, is that if I knew that if they had a relationship with Jesus, everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Because I've learnt, um, and it most probably grew my, it definitely grew my faith deeper, but it's like Jesus was it. He's everything. Nothing else can um can give you the true hope. He can't give you purpose. He can't. He's the only one that will give you purpose. Nothing else will give you that. Mm. Um, and it was only Jesus. And I knew that Jesus was the answer. So I knew that this was the focus that I had to take. Um, and I knew that he cared about who they would marry. I knew that he cared about what job they were meant to be doing. And I knew that he cared about the friends that they were meant to have. And I knew that he would be the only one that would tr- provide that fulfilment and that purpose in their life. Mm, yeah, very good, Sharon. And so I heard in that, in that that there was a lot of struggle for you. Even your faith was shaken. Um, even though you've got a strong faith, it just shows that some things can shake our faith. Um, you know, there was a lot of spiritual opposition there, a lot of grief, you know, and it, in the natural it probably seemed like an impossible situation. But I can see now that you've walked through this journey with some sort of victory. So I'd love you just to share with us some of the keys that you learnt through that journey. Um, and I know that what she's going to share today will encourage you in your walk as well. So, um, so yeah, first I tried my own strategies. I cried a lot. Um, <laughs> I isolated. Um, I used to argue with the boys a lot. Um, Andrew and I tried to um, put boundaries in place and it would cause friction between Andrew and I with the boundaries, um, knowing that they just weren't being effective. Mm. Um, Many people said to me, they said, you've got to let go of them. And I was okay if I could could let go of them so long as I knew what I needed to do. It's like it's okay not to do something, but what do I need to do? And so I found my question was, what's my role in this season? Mm. What is my part of this journey? Mm. And um, and in fact, it's every part of every part of our journeys. I think we always have a role to play. Mm. Um, But I found that my role was to discover and make use of tools or weapons um, that God had given me, Mm. and that was that was what God had really spoken to me about. Yeah, that's good. So in, in um, tough times, difficult situations, you know, it, the Bible tells us we don't fight against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual fight often. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm keen to hear the spiritual keys and tools that God gave you. And one scripture that's been in my mind for today is Psalm 121 that says, I will lift up my eyes to the Lord. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And to me, sometimes our 
you know, when we're going through difficult things, our eyes can be downcast and we're only focusing on the situation, the negativity, what's not happening. But this scripture encourages us to lift our eyes. And when we lift our eyes, we, we, we remember that we're not alone in the journey. We've got God is walking with us. But we also lift our eyes to the maker of the heaven and earth. He's the creator of this heaven and earth and he can change any situation. So when we lift our eyes, it really just changes our perspective and it, it, it makes us realise that it is possible. It is possible. So, um, Sharon, I'd, I'd love to hear the keys that God gave you. So uh, the three keys that I felt um, to share was praise, prayer and promises. Now, three Ps. You've got to have it all starting with the same letter if you're from this church. <laughs> if you've been around long enough, you know that. So <laughs> That's great, Sharon. Please expound a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so, praise. Um, I began to realise that I'd been given a tool um, that I could use every time that I got upset, every time that I got unsettled and every time that I was fearful. And um, it was the tool called praise. So I remember standing here on the altar, sitting in my seat um, and just praising and just praising when I didn't feel like it, um, just praising and starting to declare and sing. But what I was starting to declare and sing was his nature mm. over this situation. Mm. I'll interrupt and, you there. I remember yeah. you coming into church a couple of times in your face, oh. red as anything, and I'm just dashing for the bathroom and I'm like, you know, but then I see you out the altar worshipping. Yeah. And, you know, so good, Sharon. Yeah. 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 And even I remember standing here on the altar, like crying, going, God. And the boys hadn't arrived home from the night before. And it was just, there was just so much, so much pain. But mm. as I just gave it to God and declared his nature, mm. the power so started good. coming out so of praise. So good, Sharon. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, so I slowly realized that praising him was my key. It was my, it was my tool. It was my weapon. Um, and to declare his nature. And it was the only thing that would then cause him to fight my battles. Mm, yeah. And um, so I would sing and I would praise in the car. I would do it in, um, in my study. I would do it at work. And many a times I would feel close to God, be I'd just go in the boys' bedrooms and just mm. praise and just start yeah. singing and declaring in their rooms. Yeah, so good, so good. Um, so, yeah, so the other one, uh, the second point is prayer. Um, prayer is about our conversations and it's about my conversations with him. Um, it's where I would express my emotions, I would express my thoughts um, and I was grieving and, um, and I'd, like I'd never, ever grieved before. And he was the only one that could comfort me. I knew that. And um, so I found that God was okay with my grief. Yeah. And um, I even found a scripture that, um, that we'll just bring up now is Proverbs 10.1. And I'd never seen this before. And it says here, it says, When wisdom comes to a son, joy comes to a father. But when a son turns from wisdom, a mother grieves. Mm. And, you know, I just went, you know, that's so true, yeah. isn't it? It's yep. like, dads, they're gone. That's my boy. He's done it. That's my girl. <laughs> she's, she's hit that achievement. 
And, um, you know, and yet it says a mother grieves and God's going, that's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve over your children, but it's like how we grieve. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I was thinking even it's like even when you're pregnant, isn't it? It's like the woman goes through the, the grief or, you know, the, <laughs> the pain. Um, and yet the father's still there. Yep. That's, <laughs> here's my boy. Here's my girl. Good one, guys. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, but it, was, sure. it was just the conversations to God. It was a two-way relationship. I needed his help. I needed his wisdom. Yeah. He would talk to me as much as I would talk to him. Mm. Very good, Sham. Very good. Now, I heard, you know, I know during your journey that Andrew and you would have supported one another. But I also heard there about, you know, the mother is the one that probably carries the grief more. So how did you, um, did you need other women around you at that time? And how did, what did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I needed to share my grief with right people. Um, so I found that um, people that wouldn't judge me, people that wouldn't judge my children, people that would stand with me and believe me, not make my problem any worse, um, but they would be believing for the change to happen just yeah, as much good. as I would. That's good. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, you know, um, and I think the reason I'm crying is because I sort of think I know every single one of us are all going through, yeah. uh, can be going through yeah. different situations at the moment, but it's like having the right yeah, people. Good. Um, so I had really close friends. Um, some of them were mums and they prayed for us, uh, prayed for me and they sent scriptures and it was powerful to have these friends. And then I had um, my husband who decided that when I was away, he decided he was going to join a life group. Well, I was thinking that's the last place I want to go <laughs> is the life group when we're going through these. Because um, Friday nights was the worst night because it was the beginning of the weekend and it was like the kids were yeah. always... We were always arguing over where they were going mm, and how mm, long they were mm. going to stay out for and, and all of that. And the Friday nights was the hardest because that's when they would be out um, in their own journey. And um, so, but Andrew boldly said, no, we're going to, to Life Group and yeah. we're going to go and um, meet with these friends. And um, they became a, a, just an amazing support. Um, we didn't focus on our problems too much. Um, now and then there was those opportunities and that, but it was just being around people and mm. lifting our eyes above our problem yeah. was, um, was a real key. And I believe that, you know, if we hadn't have gone through it with, with the life group, I don't think, um, yeah, I think it would have been, I don't know, just a little bit different. And also having the power of their prayers as well. Yeah. So good, Sharon. So yeah. important to have people alongside you through your uh, difficult seasons or for any, any season. So I heard you saying there, Sharon, about people not judging you or wouldn't put shame on you. So what do you mean by that, Doc? Do you felt that the what you were going through reflected on you as a mother or what, what do you mean? Well, um, fortunately, it was definitely God. Um, I actually didn't feel like a bad mother. Even though I'd made dumb decisions in the past and things like that, I didn't actually feel like a bad mother. But what I struggled with the most was comparing my family and comparing my parenting to other people's parenting. Mm, mm. Um, Say, you know, you've got other parents that were going on journeys where their kids are doing really well. They had the same boundaries as what we had, but we weren't getting the same results. Um, So our boundaries had to change. Unconditional love had to come in. It was just... Um, it was just a matter of just, yeah, watching and comparing and the pain of that 
um, and seeing other people flourish and in, in, in a good season when you're in, not in a good season, mm, mm. Um, how to handle that. But I know that God, again, there was pain, but God started mm. whispering to me, he's going, start declaring what you want to see. Yeah. what you want your family to see, what yeah. you want in your family. He said, this is an opportunity. You don't get this opportunity any anymore. This is the only time that you can declare peace, unity, respect, joy yeah, in good. your family. And I honestly can say so is that um, the peace that we're experiencing and the unity that we're experiencing and the respect that we're experiencing is, is from the the words that were spoken and declared from that time. So good. Yes, give her a clap. That's so good. That's a good preaching there, girl. Good preaching. So good, Sharon. Thanks for that. And I think that's a key, you know, comparison is such a killer. And that's why you need to keep your eyes on him, not on this that's going on around you. So, um, you know, your third key is promises. And that's such an important thing in my life, God's word and Every situation I go through, I'm, God, I need a word for this. And I hang on to that word. And there's been many situations where I've just had to declare the word of God. And so, Sharon, let's just share what what you uh, experienced in that area. Yeah, definitely the promises. Um, the word of God was my weapon. Um, I loved this part because it was him speaking to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, he started giving me prom- promises and that gave me the right perspective. Um, and he also said that they were to be declared. So I'm going to show you one defining moment. So one of the scriptures that's going to come up is in Ezekiel 37 to the valley of the dry bones because I was asking God, I'm going, I actually don't know whether whether the boys are actually going to come back and believe again. I, I actually don't know that. And, um, and I love um, that this scripture was God speaking to me. It says, then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I knew that this was exactly for me. This was exactly where I was at. And um, I didn't know whether my kids were going to come back to God and have life in them um, because they were just like dry bones. Mm. But I'm asking God this question. And here in verse 3, God was asking me the same question and I'm going, this doesn't make sense. But it's like, um, you know, and then, but I knew that when God asked me a question, I knew it wasn't because he didn't know the answer. And um, so I love it. Then he goes, he says, and I knew what my response had to be. It's the next line that says, says, you alone know the answer to that. Mm. And that was it. I just went, God, you know the answer to that. And then that's when the reply came. Then it was like, here we go. This is the promise. This is what God's going to say. And I loved it. And it just brought so much hope to me. Mm. And he says, um, he said, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Mm, mm. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into them and I'm going to make them live again. Mm, mm. And so he says, so I spoke this message just as he told me. And, And that was what it was. God was saying, declare it. 
He yeah. says, declare, this is what I'm yeah. saying. He said, yeah. if you get this perspective, he said, and that's what I found is that like, as I started to listen to him and I heard what he was saying and what he was wanting over my family is that I started seeing it even before yeah. it actually so happened. Yeah. And um, it was his promises that opened up my eyes um, to the God's perspective of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the promise for hope and um, and I just knew that God was speaking. Um, there was one more scripture that I'll just share is Isaiah 44. So I got this scripture about three or four months later. Andrew comes to me, he goes, I got this scripture. And I went, yeah. I said, this is the same scripture that I got. Mm. And he says, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. And they yeah. will thrive like yes. watered glass. Yeah like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord, and others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Mm. Some will Mm. write the Lord's name on their hands Mm. and will take the name of Israel as their own. Mm. You know, God's promises revealed it is nature to me. They revealed his power, and they gave me hope over impossible situations, unbelievable situations. Mm. So good, Sharon. I love that the Word of God is so powerful and we need to speak that over our situations. We need to dictate His Word in our situations, not allow the situations to dictate to us. That's so important. So, Sharon, um, we can see that the situation has turned around. So, praise God for that and thank you, God, for your grace. Um, so just, just maybe, <laughs> yeah, give the Lord a hand. Amen. So just maybe finish this off by just show, sharing how that journey ended and turned around. Amen. <laughs> so there was miracle after miracle, honestly, um, that happened in time. But um, God moved powerfully through Sam and Nathan's lives um, in their journey. Um, he's done more than I could ever imagine. Um, he also strengthened me in my faith in prayer. Prayer, that's what I'm doing, prayer pods, because yeah. I'm going, I believe in prayer. Um, you know, it was all done, um, as I said, with his grace. And there's this amazing scripture that I just love. And it's Ephesians 3.20. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Mm. He will outdo them, for his miraculous power constantly energises you. Wow, that's such a powerful scripture, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, maybe you need to take that scripture today and quote that and declare it over your situation today. So, Sharon, that was just so good. I hope you all enjoyed that. I, I got so encouraged by that. And, um, you know, thank you for opening um, up your heart and, you know, being transparent and vulnerable sometimes. And we thank you for that. And thanks, Nathan and Sam, for being the object of our discussion today. But, um, you know, God's grace is very evident. And that's... That's the main thing is we just want to give God the glory because he did it. And it's just so powerful what he can do in situations that may seem impossible. He can turn them around. And, um, you know, I love those keys today, Sharon. And as I was saying before, it's not just for mums. 
You know, with kids that are away from God, it's for every single person here today that may be facing a difficult situation. You can take these keys, you can implement them in your life. The the keys of praise and prayer and declaring the Word of God. So powerful. And, you know, we do hear it all the time and they're basic really to the Christian faith, but we don't always live it out, do we? We don't always live it out. We allow the circumstances to come upon us and we just allow us, ourselves sometimes to come under those circumstances. But we need to take these keys and we need to apply them to our lives. And I believe that we will see breakthrough. So thank you, Sharon. That was so good today. So I just pray that it has encouraged you today and uh, in your faith and in your journey that God can turn around your situation. And I thought it would be great today if Sharon would just pray over us before we leave. I'm going to get her to pray over us. And we're going to sing the song after that. But just before we go, we're going to sing the song, The Blessing, because I think this is a great opportunity to just declare that over our families, the blessing of the Lord. So just one moment. My husband's given me the nod here. we put our hands together for these ladies today I I love this platform just come into the lounge room that's what church should be all about just come in and have a talk about real things real issues that go through real lives you mentioned one thing and the Holy Spirit spoke to me down there that's why I'm up here the power of a declaration John the Baptist was part of the divine call for the divine release of Jesus. Six months before, born to the mother of Elizabeth. A very significant role in the release of Christ's entry into all of humanity. He had one role. That was to prepare the place for the promise. And I'll say that again. His one role was to prepare the place for the promise the promise was always there but we had to prepare the place for the promise and that came through speaking and declaring and it says in the gospels that John the Baptist was known was a voice crying where? in the wilderness the wilderness is the place of confusion the wilderness is the place of emptiness, the wilderness is the place of abandonment And before the release of the promise, there needs to be the declaration of the word, the proclamation. And when you said that, you got that word out of Ezekiel 37 to speak. And it goes on in the the story, then King Herod's having a big banquet one night, having a dance and all the people are there. And the daughter of Heronius was there. And he was so enthroned with everything, he made this silly statement. He said, I'll give you anything you desire, up to half the kingdom. She could have had everything. And the mother of her knew, because the king had spoken out against the mother. And the spirit rose up and she said, I want John the Baptist's head. What was she saying? Stop the prophetic voice from speaking. And I feel many of us may have had the voice 
quenched. We may have stopped prophesying. We may have stopped declaring. We may have stopped speaking. Even though the wilderness is there, I sense the Holy Spirit saying, we got this song to sing in a minute, the blessing. And I'm just getting you ready just for this. When we stand in a moment to sing and close off this whole service, I want you to stand up and say, Lord, I've got my voice back. I've got my voice back. And start declaring, start prophesying, start decreeing. Can you do that? Amen. God bless you, ladies. We want to give our hands together once more for you. I think we'll stand up for this. You've got to stand up when you pray. I do. Um, So I want us all to stand now. And I'm going to get Sharon to pray. But, you know, if you are facing a difficult situation at the moment, just put your hands out in front of you. Just shut your eyes and we're just going to receive the declaration of the Lord over you this morning as Sharon prays. So just believe, just join your faith with the declaration, with the prayer and believe that God is going to intervene in your situation and turn your situation around. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for every single individual here, Father God. Lord, with dreams unfulfilled, Father God, I declare, Father God, over the grief in the name of Jesus, I declare, Father God, your wisdom to each situation, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you would just move powerfully, Lord, that you would move with hope, Lord, with future, with destiny, Father God, over each individual. Father God, I pray, Lord, over the seed, Father God, the seed of what, Lord, you want to do within each individual here, Father God, that there's seeds, there's seeds, Father God, there's influence, there's people, Lord, that they don't even realise that they've got an impact on. Father God, I pray that you would stir each one, stir each of our hearts, Father God, so that we would know, Lord God, that as we're declaring, Father, we're not just declaring for ourselves, Father God, but we are declaring for the next generation. We are declaring, Father God, for salvations. We are declaring for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. 